book four chapter two of st francis of assisi a biography by Johannes jorensen translated by thomas o'connor sloan this librivox recording is in the public domain book four francis the hermit chapter two the spiritual life francis did not wish to preach by word only but by actions above all and all are to preach by their example he had already told the brothers in his rule and was the first to follow this order he was the same in his life as in his speech says thomas of chelano the last years of his life in rieti show time and again fresh proofs of this species of honesty in the days of advent of twelve twenty three or twelve twenty four he was once spending some time in a hermit cave at poggio bustone as his poor digestion did not permit him to eat anything that was prepared with oil he had to have special food that was prepared with lard francis personally accused himself of this infraction of the rules of advent when he preached on christmas day to the people you come hither he at once said because you think that i am so pious and god-fearing therefore you must know that i in this fast have eaten food that was prepared with lard it was a trait of the same kind when he in the winter of twelve twenty to twelve twenty one during one of his frequent attacks of sickness recuperated a little by eating meat soup and boiled meat he had hardly recovered when after he had preached in the cathedral he had himself dragged half naked by his vicar peter of catani with a rope around his neck down through the town to the pillory on the market-place before the thronging populace francis confessed publicly his indulgence another time he was induced by the brothers also for the sake of his infirmity to have a piece of skin sewed on the inside of his habit to warm his stomach but so also a piece on the outside said francis so all can see that i am wearing furs i do not want to be different in secret he was wont to say from what i am in public if he had been invited into any place and had eaten anything special he told of it immediately to the brothers when he returned if as he went through the streets of assisi he gave an alms and felt a certain selfish pleasure at having done something good he confessed it at once to the brother who accompanied him in the image which he drew of the ideal general of the order he accordingly required that this one should not eat good food in retirement but must always let the brothers see what came to his table above all was he devoted to poverty it is blessed to give alms he declared but it is blessed also to receive them bread that was begged was angel's bread the brother who came home from begging should therefore come with song francis had constantly in his mouth the psalms and texts of the gospels which praise poverty when a brother once in a hermitage had said to him i come from thy cell francis would not stay in it any longer a house of hewed planks was too much for him a hut of cane and mud was enough for him but he liked best to live in caves like the foxes of the gospel 
matthew chapter eight verse twenty the stone house the citizens of assisi had built down by portiuncula he started to tear down and had already got a part of the roof torn off when the podesta sent down a protest to the effect that francis thus was destroying the property of the community to provide to-day for the needs of to-morrow was something that might do for the well-to-do therefore he commanded the brothers not to put green vegetables in water in the evening to keep for the next day just as they were not to collect more in alms than they could eat on the same day to make his habit really poor in appearance he liked to have common rags sewed upon it here and there if he wanted a new one he would wait until he could beg one the brother who objected to going after alms was in danger of being called brother drone because he wanted to eat the honey in the combs but did not want to fly out and gather it with all this striving after poverty francis could never find that he and the brothers were poor enough we ought to be ashamed of ourselves said he when he encountered a real ragged beggar we want to be called poor and to be celebrated all over the world for our poverty and here we see one who is much poorer than we but does not boast of it such a beggar was sacred in the eyes of francis and he would not allow any brother to speak ill of such or to insult their poverty francis the voluntary pauper willingly gave all he had to this the real pauper his hood a piece of his habit even his breeches they properly belong to them he declared and i would have to look upon myself as a thief if i kept their possessions from them let us give back to our brother poor man what we have borrowed from him was one of his regular expressions on such an occasion when anything was given to him he always held himself ready to give it up to someone more in need of it the brothers thus often had their work cut out for them in keeping the clothes on their master's back especially because he would not wear new clothes but always insisted on having those which had already been worn sometimes one brother would give half of his habit to francis and another the other half now and then the brothers tried to get back his clothes from those to whom he had given them but francis discovered this and thereupon warned the beggar possessing them not to give them up without ample return in the shape of money at Chelly, the brothers had to buy back francis's hood from an old woman he often had a special object in his alms thus when in cola near perugia met a man he had formerly known and who now was reduced to poverty in their conversation the poor man complained especially at having been unjustly treated by his master towards whom he accordingly bore a bitter feeling i will give thee willingly my hood if thou wilt forgive thy master his injustice said francis and the other's heart was moved he forgot his hatred and was filled with the sweetness of god's spirit in rieti francis once discovered a poor woman who like himself had poor eyes he helped her not only with clothes but also with a dozen loaves of bread another poor woman who had two sons among the brothers 
came to portiuncula and complained of her need francis gave her the new testament which was used in the divine service so that she could sell it i believe said he that the lord will be better pleased that we thus help our mother than if we keep the book and let her go away without help but the title our mother he designated every woman who had given the order a son it was in portiuncula that the altar was menaced with the loss of its ornaments to get food for the many brothers who now were joining the order peter of catani proposed that the novices should no longer as hitherto give their property to the poor but that a part should be made over to the order by no means answered francis that is forbidden in our rule what shall i do then asked the uncertain vicar take the ornaments of the altar and sell them it is better to have a bare altar and keep to the gospel than to have an ornamented one and depart therefrom thus did francis try to keep his path clear and to follow the gospel in reality and not only in appearance nothing therefore could displease him more than when he thought the brothers used the alms laboriously begged in the name of god in a way unbecoming to poor people the celebrated bishop kettler of mayence once caught a family by surprise who used to receive much assistance from him and who were eating roast goose and red wine all the bishop said was that he was glad to see that his gifts had given them a pleasant evening francis on such occasions was much severer it happened that on another easter day in the convent at greccio the brothers in honor of the feast day and of one of the ministers who had come as a guest had covered the table with a cloth and had set out glasses instead of the tin cups a little before midday francis came along and saw the whole preparation he quietly crept out put on an old hat which a beggar had left after him and with staff in hand knocked at the door just as the brothers were taking their seats his appealing voice was heard at the door pere l'amour di messer domendio facciate elemosina acquisto povero ed infermo peregrino for the love of god give alms to this poor and infirm pilgrim on the brother's friendly invitation francis entered he sat down on the floor by the fireplace had a dish of soup brought to him and a piece of bread and began to eat none of the brothers said anything and none could get down a mouthful it was hard enough to sit there with that finely spread table while francis like a male cinderella with his dish on his lap crouched down in the corner soon francis laid down his spoon and said to himself now i am sitting as a friar minor ought to sit but when i came in here and saw the fine spread upon the table i did not think i was with poor members of the order that had to go every day and beg their bread from door to door the brothers could stand it now no longer some of them began to weep others rose and went to francis as he sat there on another occasion there was a similar scene it was christmas time 
Francis sat at the table with his brothers. One of them spoke of how poor the child Jesus had been, and of how sad it must have been for Mary to have her child put in the stable, without a bed except the manger, with only hay and straw for pillow and mattress, with no warmth in the cold winter night other than the breathing of ox and ass upon the tender child. Francis sat in silence and listened until he suddenly burst out into lamentation, took his bread and sat down upon the cold floor of earth so as to eat there, where it was no better than it had been with Jesus and Mary. So unaccustomed did Francis become to any kind of comfort that at last he felt it an annoyance rather than a satisfaction. Thus the brothers in Greccio, after he had been burnt with a hot iron on the temples as a treatment for his eye-sickness, induced him to use a pillow to rest his head on at night. The morning after, Francis appeared and said, Brothers, I have not been able to sleep for your pillow. Everything swam around me, and the legs tremble under me. I believe there is a devil in that pillow. He then ordered a brother to take the pillow outside and throw it carefully behind him without looking after it. This was not the first time Francis believed himself to be attacked by the powers of darkness. On an evening when he lingered in lonesome prayer in an empty church or in a cave, it would often seem to him as if someone was behind him, as if hurried, soft steps were stealing and moving around him as if a horrid head looked over his shoulder and wanted to read with him out of his prayer book. Then he would hear voices in the storms whistling through the mountain forests. The demons would laugh at him while the owl screeched outside his cell. But worst of all was the almost inaudible whispering, which in the death-like stillness of the hours of the night would sound in Francis's ears as if whispered by hateful and spiteful lips. It is all in vain, Francis. Thou canst implore and pray all thou wishest, yet dost thou belong to me. Then would Francis fight for his eternal life, and the brothers who came in the morning to look after him found him pale and exhausted, wearied by the fight with the devouring powers of darkness. I feel I am the greatest sinner, that ever has existed, he once said, after such a night, to Brother Pacificus. But the king of verse, Pacificus, also saw in a dream the kingdom of heaven opened, and the throne whence Lucifer had been cast down, standing ready for Francis, on account of his deep humility. End of Book 4, Chapter 2